lot on my mind this week. And one thing on my mind has been, periodically, it would just come up in my mind, who is this King of Glory? It's come up here and there. I invite you to turn to the 24th Psalm. Who is this King of Glory? You know, there, there seems to be a pattern with entertainers, with celebrities. And whatever talent they have in the world, they, they start to get their name established. And then they start making clothes. Or, or they start making cologne. Not, not making it, but they, they put their name on it. the material of those clothes is not that much more expensive and not that much better in quality. I, I bought Kevin a t-shirt for Christmas and it was, it was supposedly to be the finest, best cotton one has ever worn in their life. He hadn't even said anything about the shirt yet. No, nothing against him. I just don't think there's much to it. But there was a name on it. Oh, oh, this store is only out in California. We just brought an outlet here. If anybody knows me, you know I didn't pay the price, the top price for a fine quality cotton shirt. It was the price of a regular old t-shirt. That's why I got it. And I think it was just regular old cotton. A man was walking with his wife through a store unlike he's ever been before. She was looking at a lady's clothes and he was offered a cup of coffee or tea or water while he waited for her. And everything looked super nice. And so he got curious and he walked around and he saw a dress for $8,000. He touched it. It felt nice. It looked blingy. It looked very beautiful, but it wasn't worth $8,000, and he started doing everything he could to get his wife out of that store and off to TJ Maxx or something. But, but it's the name. It's not all about the material. It's a, it's a name that was attached to it that increases the value. It shouldn't, but it does, and people pay for it when that name is attached to it and the value goes up. How much does something increase in value with God's name on it? What He has done, what He has created is of great value. When we get to do something in His name, there's nothing more precious than we could, that we could be doing than serving the Lord in His name. Because of who God is and what He has put His name on, we get to live a very rich life that consists of things of highest worth. Just three things I want to talk about for a minute this morning with you. And 
and trust the Lord to help me to say a few things about them. We get to enjoy God's goodness in creation. We enjoy His holiness in worship. And we enjoy His victory over His enemies. We enjoy His goodness in creation. Verse 1, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. A 93-year-old man at the time comes to my mind who I had the opportunity to share with a few years ago on almost a daily basis. And he wouldn't talk about the Lord, but he finally said, well, they're saying there's probably human life on other planets, so therefore I can't believe in the God of the Bible. Why not? God would have that covered. He's the God of the universe. His name is on it all. He's not just the God of the earth. He has simply chosen a planet. And He's put His people on it. And He sent Himself to it by way of His own precious Son to live, to tell the truth, to die, to be resurrected so that people could be saved. God's name is on the earth and everything, and everything else, everyone in it. He's the God of everyone by Creator. He created everyone. Every person is accountable to God. In, the, in Exodus 19.5, the words from the Lord are, For all the earth is mine. God's name is on everything. What value it takes on when we think about that. And not only that, but He has shared everything with you and I. He has made us stewards of all that is. 1 Timothy 6.17 says, says, The living God giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Let us enjoy His goodness in creation. Anything that we have, God first gave us. Anything we give to God, He gave it to us first. The 50th Psalm in verse 10 says this, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all of the fowls of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine, and the fullness thereof. One more verse, 1 Chronicles 29 
and 14. 13, I'll, let me go back one. Now therefore, our God, we thank Thee and praise Thy glorious name. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of Thee and of Thine own have we given Thee. Can we enjoy God's goodness in creation as His people. Who is this King of glory? His name is on everything. He made everything. Let us enjoy God's holiness in worship. Verse 3. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in His holy place. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of His salvation. This is the generation of them that seek Him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. Stop and think about that. How about stop and think about enjoying the holiness of the Lord in worship? Who rises higher in the worship of the Lord and pleases Him. There are some who go to church. There are some who attend services. And then there are those who worship the Lord. And we learn and we grow and we're helped to worship the Lord. How? How does that rise in our lives? Well, those with clean hands and a pure heart. What do we mean by that? There are a lot of things said about those clean hands. And I agree with a lot of it. There's something else in it I don't hear of too often. That those hands be empty. So that God can fill us. Somebody saw a little boy with so many freckles on his body. They said if he had 2% of his freckles more, both of his hands would be completely full. That was supposed to be a joke. I might have offended someone with eye freckles. Maybe they're gone, but I had them. Uh, Sorry. You know what? Let God use that, that we might think about coming empty. No, no freckles in our hands. No, no, no consumption of this world. Constantly being consumed with the things of the Lord. Let us not come to the Lord with a busy life. Let's bring Him an empty life in worship. That He might fill us. Our lives cannot be bound 
to other obligations above God. We must be free of agenda to enjoy the holiness of the Lord in worship. If a life is too busy with the affairs of this world, we are not going to rise in our worship of God. It's not going to become more and more personal to us. Man, what do you say when someone says, why do you go to church? I've heard some people answer, I don't go to church, I worship God. And it happens to be in His house that I go gather with God's people and and worship Him. Well, I'm going to church today. Well, I'm going to worship the Lord today. You can be a genuine worshiper and say I'm going to church, but what's wrong with that that phraseology to say, I'm going to worship the Lord today. I'm getting up, I'm laying in bed and I'm sleepy, but who cares because I didn't sleep all night. Whatever the case, who cares because I'm getting up to go worship God today. What a privilege it is to enjoy the holiness of the Lord in worship. Clean hands. Let us watch out for being too busy. But it also speaks of behavior. Clean hands speaks of our our righteousness that the Lord brings us into. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We're a new creature. We're a new creation. and, and, And there are new things. And a new thing is a manner of conduct that we could never have before on our own. Belief is going to determine behavior. Clean hands speaks of righteousness as well. A pure heart speaks of godly character and motives. No agenda in in church. No agenda in coming to the worship service. An uncluttered life that is purified by faith in Jesus Christ. That's who rises in worship. We, we continue on there and we see the opposite of clean hands and a pure heart. Verse 4, Who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity. Those who would read this in that day and time would, would connect this to idol worship. Idol worship was worthless. Idol worship was useless. But people would give in to the flesh and they would, they would go uh, this, this useless direction in the worship of idols. Being too busy to serve the Lord... That's just, that just makes us useless if we're too busy to serve the Lord. Clean hands and a pure heart. If something we do hinders us from worshiping the Lord, it isn't worth doing. We're being helped here today that our lives would be prioritized, that our lives would maintain being prioritized with the Lord having first place. Look, we all have temptations trying to chip, us, chip away at us that something else would, be, would become first. 
that something else would come before the Lord. That temptation's always going to be there as, as long as we live. And I thank God for His Word that gives us a prioritizing in our lives of what comes first. And that is this King of glory. Who is this King of glory? When we go to God empty, He is going to fill our lives with the things of Him that are of value to give us the privilege to be able to serve Him. If we come to Him with a full life, He's not going to compete with it. If we come to Him with a life that's already full, what, what can He give us? He can convict us until we empty it and come to Him to be filled. We can't be lined out with heaven's purpose in our lives if we come to God with a full life. If we don't have clean hands and pure hearts, our, I mean, that means our lives are full of something. That shouldn't be. Maybe something sinful, maybe something not sinful. But it hinders God's work in our lives. It hinders God's filling of our lives. We see something else here, not only lifting up our soul unto vanity, that was in verse 4, the end, still at the end of verse 4, nor sworn deceitfully. This phrase would speak of a false witness in court. Several years ago, I passed by a bunch of t-shirts, you know, we wear these t-shirts that say little things on them and and man, there, were, there was a hundred of them. And I just happened to notice one. And it said, I'm probably lying. Can you imagine wearing that shirt around? Who would buy that shirt? I think somebody would buy that shirt for someone else, maybe. But not for themselves. I'll have to admit, someone, I don't mean this critically, and I hate it that I, that I thought it because it's someone I dearly love, but someone... I love came to my mind when I saw that. Look, look, we're talking about worshiping the Lord with clean hands and a pure heart. And, and no doubt, there's no accident that these things of vanity are mentioned that hinder it. But not only that, nor sworn deceitfully. The Lord is clearly pointing out in His Word the deceptive, false, crafty words and excuses and cover-ups and testimony or a false witness that keep us from enjoying the holiness of God in worship. Verse 5, He shall receive the blessing from the Lord. Clean hands and a pure heart, He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of His salvation. We've been given the blessing of salvation as a gift and a power with it to be able to live righteously, to be able to, to know and to be led that I'm going to go to God empty that He might fill my life with the things of Him. It first starts with going to the Lord for salvation. 
There's no way to earn salvation. There's no way to get it any other way. Where could I go but to the Lord? Is there anywhere else that we can go? Can can we go to ourselves and being a very good citizen and an upright human being who, who... who has a display of life, being generous and helpful, more, more, than, more than Christians? And, and, and can someone get there that way? There is no other way to get there but by Jesus. He, so He's exalted. We're not. He is. There's nowhere else to go but to Him. We can't earn salvation. We've been given salvation to enjoy. It was on the merits of Jesus Christ that He has brought about the greatest gift in all of our lives that we could ever receive. Only through Jesus Christ can anyone worship the Lord truly. I, look, I'll, I'll use myself as that, an example of, that example of my wife getting me in church in about 99, I guess it was. I was saved in 2004. I went to church for five years. I even felt kind of good when I left. I dressed pretty nice. I couldn't wait to go to Grand Days and MC my shirt and tie. Yep, been to church. Granddaddy's girl's taken care of. And then when the Lord saved me, you know, I realized I would have gone to hell right up to that point. I realized I had never, I had sat in church, but I had never worshipped the Lord. I'm so thankful He loves us so much that He draws us and He gets our attention. And, and He convicts us, He draws us by His Word that, that gives us the faith to be able to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior not caring what anybody thinks. Yeah, I've been around here five years, but <laughs> the Lord is saving my soul, you understand. Uh, it's much bigger than what you think about it. <laughs> Thank God for that. Thank God for what Jesus has, has done for us. He provided the only way into the presence of God. And now... He's at the right hand of the Father interceding for us right now. Why do Christians go to the Lord in a time to give Him praise or with their burdens? Because Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father. And intercession happens for you and I. And He is working in our lives as we would seek His face. When we seek His face, where is that at? Verse 6 This is the generation of them that seek Him, that seek Thy face, O Jacob, Selah. Jacob. Genesis 32. You you read that, and you see the relentlessness of Jacob. Jacob was not perfect, but you see the relentlessness of Jacob, that he might be blessed by the Lord. And what's one of God's names? Oh, God of Jacob. Praise the Lord for seeking the Lord and worshiping Him with clean hands and a pure heart. Not perfect, but, 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 but open 
and changed by the Lord, clean, no agenda, no motive, clean hands and a, pers- and a pure heart to worship the Lord. Let us enjoy the holiness of worship. As I, as I say that, how distracted do we become from worshiping the Lord sometimes? Enjoy, enjoy worshiping the Lord. We're, we're going to be doing that for all eternity. It only makes sense that, that we're consumed with that here. And we don't lose our focus from worshiping the Lord. How about this? Let us definitely not have our focus taken away from the victory that has already been won. In Jesus Christ. Verse 7. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. What have we been talking about this morning? Who is, look at verse 8 with me. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory, Selah. Stop and think about that. Jesus Christ is the King of glory. Jesus Christ is coming back one day. He will return And He's going to return in glory. He's going to reward His faithful servants. Before that, He's going to defeat His last enemies. The war has already been won. And He's going to show us in the battle of His enemies, they're as good as taken out. They're as good as as losing. They're as good as gone. When He came the first time, He won the war against Satan and against sin by His death and resurrection. And though the war has been won... When Jesus Christ returns again, He will fight a battle that we can already know He's coming out victorious in. Jerusalem is going to be set free. The King of glory is called the Lord of hosts over and over in the Word of God. He is an army of one. I don't care how much you stack up the other side. I won't be on the Lord's side. This army of one. If we look ahead by faith, if we look ahead, we're going to be enjoying victory right now. Enjoy the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. There's a reason that we are told in the Bible that we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. 
Let me just stop right there and let me read that again. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. Well, I don't feel like I'm very victorious right now. I feel like I'm losing a battle. I feel like I've lost some battles. I'm in some hurt right now. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, we do. If we look by faith just far enough ahead, the victory has already been won. We're victorious and and, and, and as we rise in our worship of God, we're, we're, going to, we're going to praise Him. We're going to celebrate Him for the victory we already have in whatsoever state we're in. Enjoy the triumph in this life through Christ, children of God. Who is this King of glory? What do we do concerning what this King of glory has done? Enjoy His goodness in creation. Enjoy His holiness in worship. Enjoy His victory beyond the battle. Man, that was, what are we going to do with what was said today? You know, that we always pray that our hearts would be open and affected by the Word. What, what am I going to do with these words from God's Word that I believe He gave to me to give to, to myself and to the church today? What am I going to do with all of these things I've said? What are you going to do with all of these things we've heard Because encouragement from the Word of God is good. When we hear it, what are we going to do with it? When when the prayer was made earlier, the prayer was about not just being hearers of the Word, but doers of the Word. There was a man that was writing a letter to the love of his life. Her name was Betty. So he wrote, My dearest Betty... I love you beyond words. Webster does not have in his dictionary the necessary vocabulary to explain the depth of my love for you. Thoughts of you dance across the portals of my mind. You are my all-consuming passion. So enraptured am I regarding my love for you that the Pacific Ocean would be like a pond if I had to swim it. I could do it as long as I knew you were awaiting me on the other shore. The heat of the Sahara Desert would never impede my progress to you, knowing that you would be the oasis that would refresh me when I arrive. There would be no inconvenience I wouldn't endure for you. Climbing Mount Everest would only seem like getting over an anthill if I knew you were at the top of it. All I'm simply saying to you, my darling Betty, is that my love for you transcends time and space. Signed, Sam. P.S. I'll pick you up Saturday night if it's not raining. I'm sure you would agree that Sam was just full of a bunch of noise. How, you know, how would Betty respond to just a bunch of noise? Sam could talk a good game, 
but it didn't go very deep. While he could verbalize overcoming the elements to get to his love, a little bit of rain would in all actuality keep him away. It's easy to verbalize becoming being, being an overcomer. It's easy to say the words, I am victorious, I've been made victorious in Christ, but it's a whole different thing to not let the rain slow you down. Your rain is not your rain. Your rain is not your rain. But we all have some rain. Does it slow us down? It's a whole different thing to take your position as an overcomer and turn it into the practice of overcoming. I love it when the Word of God shakes me up. I love it even more when it moves me. Let us all be moved to enjoy what we have in Jesus Christ. Right now, every day, in the good days, in the days of trial, in the days when we're down. I'd like to say to maybe someone this morning, maybe, maybe a dozen, I don't know. But whoever it is, I just want to say you would, you would sure enjoy being saved from your sins. You really would. If you realize you're a sinner and that Jesus loves you and came to save you and He took the sin penalty of death in your place and separation from God forever upon Himself and He defeated it. We believe in Jesus who died, was buried, and raised again for our sins according to what God has breathed. God has breathed a book that's, that's never going away. And you can trust it this morning. You can trust Jesus to save you from your sins. Would you do that this morning? I don't care if you've made a profession of faith before and you realize it's not true. Nobody else should care about that. You shouldn't care about that. If you realize this morning that you have not been saved by Jesus Christ, would you trust Him today? Because you will be in no wise cast out. You will not be rejected. He will save you. Oh, what's all God's people going to do? I'm like Brother Kenneth. I sit in church five years and talk to saved game. And, and now I realize I need to be saved. What, what's everyone going to do? Everyone's heart is going to be thrilled for you in Christ. Trust Him today. Let us bow.
Almighty Father in heaven, we do come before your presence again. We thank you for an opportunity to be in your house, to experience the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, and you moving through your word to affect our hearts, to give us everything we need, that our lives might glorify you, whether it's you sustaining us as your saved people, or whether it be someone who has never been saved before. Lord, we pray that they would take that first step and that they would trust you as Lord and Savior, that right where they sit, they might believe today by faith Lord, help your people to have a focus. Help us to enjoy more. You have given us a wonderful life in your precious Son to enjoy. Thank you for making us new. Thank you for making us something we've never been before. May we never look out at creation again without enjoying your blessing of giving it. May we never enter your sanctuary again without enjoying the holiness of you, Almighty God, in worship. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If everyone could please stand. Please spend time with God in your hearts right now.